0: Welcome to the Factory Futurist podcast, where we profile the thought leaders, technologies, and companies revolutionizing high-tech manufacturing. We learn from the best about how they sustain high-performance leadership in technology, their personal life, and their companies. If you're just joining the podcast, my name is Drew Allen. I'm the host, and when I'm not chatting with these fine folks, I'm the VP of Strategic Development at Grace Technologies. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Today on the Factory Futurist, we have Kyle bermel He is the coo of metalcraft inc in mason city iowa and he's been with the company for eight years he first started as an rfid engineer and took various roles throughout the organization Before starting at Metalcraft, Kyle was a failed professional golfer and a D1 women's basketball coach. Kyle and his wife, Sydney, reside in Clear Lake, Iowa with their two kids, Quinn and Parker. I wanna give a huge shout out to Kyle as well as all the folks at Metalcraft. They have been instrumental in helping us source materials for face shields that are going to frontline hospital workers and emergency response. Thank you so much, Kyle, and please enjoy this interview. I'm excited to have on Kyle Bermall. He is the COO of Metalcraft Technologies. Welcome to The Factory Futurist.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate being here.
0: So Kyle, tell me a little bit about what you guys do at Metalcraft and your role there, Mm -hmm. and then we are going to jump into COVID-19 coronavirus, which I can't believe they uh, named it something that seemed to come out of some sort of uh, apocalypse movie, uh, but they did. So yeah, we are crazy, all stuck with that, that name now. It's so crazy. tell us a little bit about you and, uh, and the company.
1: Sure. Um, been with the company for eight years. Uh, Metalcraft is a, a seven-year-old, uh, well, will be 70 years old in uh, November. Uh, we're a manufacturer based out of Mason City, Iowa. We make uh, identification products, started with crash and dead and metal nameplates and have grown it into polymer labels and RFID tags and sensors and just keep evolving with the technology.
0: So when did you start to feel that this, uh, this epidemic, pandemic, uh, when, when did that start to uh, get you uh, acting and going, oh, wow, this is going to be a real thing?
1: Yeah, I, I actually uh we were very fortunate. We we were uh really proactive on the whole um coronavirus situation. Um we put together a team about a month ago now. Um and we've been, you know, quarantining or self having people self-monitor, I believe is the correct term, um, for for three weeks, um w- when they had travel or anything like that. I really started to put together our plan on how we were going to handle it. Um, we continue obviously as everyone in in business uh It seems like the plan changes every hour uh so that's the that's the difficult part but uh we have a good team, a good leadership team at metalcraft and uh for, we're getting through it so far so
0: yeah, what is it, uh, Mike Tyson or, uh, said, uh, everyone's got to play until you get punched in the mouth?
1: That's right. That's right. And then uh, what we got to do is just get back up and start fighting again.
0: So talk to me a little bit about what specific actions you guys have taken. Um, I would assume your first kind of uh, point of concern would be uh, your manufacturing production areas, then probably your headquarters staff and your supply chain. You wanna start, uh, what specific kind of actions are you guys taking in your production areas?
1: Yeah, so, so our actual first action was, even before our, our response team was put together, we took a very aggressive stance when we saw it happening in China because some of our supply chain comes from China, specifically on our RFID side. So we took a really aggressive approach and, and bought up a lot of inventory and we're, we were holding more inventory uh, than we would typically in any instance. So we wanted to do that as uh, almost as an opportunity because we saw that that supply chain, supply chain would drown out a little bit. So there wouldn't be product available. Uh, that's, that suited us really well. Uh, we also have taken, you know, we started talking about social distancing about when you first heard about it, you know, in the news, the precautions, uh, we had our wellness team talk a lot about Hand washing and coughing into your arm, and I think that's been drilled into our people, and then you know we kept taking steps, obviously remote work, just like most everyone else. We took some precautionary steps that I was pretty proud of too you know for the for the members that we didn't want to expose we We took steps to get them working from home sooner than anyone else uh, before it became it, before it was really prevalent in the u s so uh, those are some of the things we did early on and now you know we're we're shifting hours around um, you know trying to get less people in the in the manufacturing facility at all times right so we're starting at you know we're starting four hours earlier than we normally would and uh, having less overlap in those shifts and you know things like that they open up lunches and break time so people aren't interacting with each other as much. So those are really some of the things, you know. Great. We've even we've even went to the point of you know getting those getting those uh, plans in place and all the product and material for what happens when a member gets uh, the virus and how do we respond? How long do we have to be down? Things like that.
0: So I think a lot of us are probably on the press. I mean, I'm not trying to be. Um, uh you know Dr. Doom over here but I think a lot of us are on the precipice of having members who potentially you know contract the virus here maybe in the next couple of weeks so what actions are you guys looking at taking specifically after one of your employees go ahead and test positive
1: yeah so so we've put in a play uh, put in place a plan following CDC guidelines on response for that so what we will do is obviously everyone will be out of the facility We'll likely let the facility sit for 24 hours after we know of contact just to let everything settle in the air we'll shut down the air moving systems so that we're not spreading it throughout the facility anymore than it already has uh and then we'll bring a crew in and i've already designated a, a team they are we already have uh off-site um all of our all of our equipment off-site and then we're just going to go in and basically Scrub the whole facility, bleach and and sprayers and uh, Tyvek suits and masks and all of the shields that we've been talking about, right? Uh, and those people are going to go in and clean that thing uh, head to toe. Uh, it, we we expect it to take two days with our size of facility. So uh, if it if and when that does happen, we're looking at uh, a downtime of three days. We've also taken you know we have some mission critical products that have to go out daily. Uh, we've taken the stance to uh, get into another facility uh, okay. as a backup facility. Um, we've moved product and uh, equipment over to that facility as a backup uh, so that we can't be, uh, because we, with that line, we can't be down, right? We had a flood uh, in 08, 09, 08, and that laser or that product line was running uh, the next day. So I mean, it, it can't be down. And we take the, the precautions to keep our, you know, our customers up and running.
0: So all of those activities, um, you know, when you say them now, oh, yeah, well, yeah, we should definitely, you know, that's that's easy. Okay. Um, but the actual implementation of that and the decision making processes and all of the conversations that you're having around that. Uh, must be making your life pretty interesting. Uh, um, in the last, uh, I guess, two months, one month, you know, how are you doing per- personally? Are you starting to kind of feel the fatigue? Or are you continuing to kind of remain energized? And how are you if, if you are remaining energized? Kind of how what's the key to that? <laughs> yeah. Well, you
1: know, I've been, I've been in a unique situation. You know, I, like I said, we've been working on this for over a month, but I had a trade show that I had uh, was attending three weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, uh, Modex. it was in Atlanta, Georgia. And we had already taken the precautions knowing that whoever had to travel to this trade show was going to be, Uh, self isolating for seven days. And so I did my seven days and I get ready to go back to work and I get an email from this uh, organization that put on the trade show and said, and this is a, there's, you know, 30,000 people at this trade show. And this email said one of the people at the event tested positive for COVID 19. Oh no! So so yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess it's seven more days, right? Because I already did seven. Uh, I'm ready to go back. I'm energized because I want to see my people. I want to see the members, um, especially during this difficult time. And you know, today was the first day that I was actually able to get back with the team. Uh, and it's tough, you know. It's tough doing all these communications and all of these moving parts, doing it remotely. And not having, you know, that's one of my strengths. Is strength is being with the people and, and being able to read how they're, you know, how they're responding to our communications and and how the flow of the factories going or the facilities going, you know. And that's hard being away. So it was really nice today getting back getting back into that.
0: Yeah, so it made you at least feel a part of the team now, I guess. Um,
1: exactly, exactly.
0: So while while you were remote or even today, you know, how are you kind of counseling your team leaders, your managers? Yeah. Um, you know, what 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 what's kind of your guys' true north and, and how have you been counseling them through this kind of difficult time?
1: You know, we we have, like I said at the beginning, we have a really strong team. I don't need to do much counseling. I think the key for me is I just have to keep a level head and, and, you know, challenge when I need to uh, let them take it when, you know, let them take the, take the reins when, when I think it's fitting too. Uh, but the the team, I'm not worried about them. They do, they do a great job and, and we all know that we're in it for the members. Uh, we're an ESOP employee owned company. So, uh, or a majority ESOP and uh, you know, our goal is to take care of those members and, and the members will take care of our customers and that'll keep business going. So you know, that's, that's really the true north that you speak of. And it has been for a lot of years at Metalcraft, even before I was there. So uh, that it makes it easier on me so, and, and just the, the team being so good as well.
0: How do you feel your industry um, is going to handle this potential recessionary event? Um, And how are you guys looking at potentially handling some of the more economic issues um, as well as, you know, have you seen any direct effects from your customers on purchasing behavior yet?
1: Yeah, we've started to see a little slowdown uh, in purchasing. We've seen some projects that were, you know, even POs submitted that they wanted to put on hold uh so we have seen that especially especially from the non-essential business you know from an industry standpoint the industry that we're in and, and we're, we're kind of unique in our industry because you know our our cust- or our competitors you know one might make one of our product lines another competitor might make another one of our product lines but we're really there's only a couple people that make all the product lines that we do uh and are really Agnostic across the industry, but you know, all of them were deemed essential. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of our competitors um, are in areas that have been you know forced to shelter in place. Uh, You know, and as we look at the directive, um, you know, a lot of us are deemed essential because we sell into healthcare or, or the Department of Defense or you know, ag and food and I mean, there's just a ton of industries that we cover. Uh, and we we just got to we got to keep keep going through this and bringing people to work.
0: Yeah, we're we're in the same boat. We supply to a lot of we, we supply to a lot of pharma companies and mm-hmm. food companies, and you know, so we're in the same boat. However, <laughs> I got to be honest, I was I was reading through you know the executive order that came out of Illinois because we're we're in the Quad Cities, so we're on the Iowa Illinois border. Okay, um, you know, and I'm reading through this, and I'm going what businesses are actually shut down.
1: <laughs> exactly. Right? I mean, yeah. I,
0: I, I, you know, it's just like how you deem this essentialness is uh, kind of crazy. Um, I mean, I read through that. And I, besides bars and re- not being able to go to bars and restaurants, I mean, everything else seemed basically essential. I guess maybe they shut down like spas and, and uh, Yeah, yep. but eventually haircut, I mean, eventually you're going to have to be able to get a haircut. I,
1: my barber called me the other day. Is like, hey, I'm gonna have to close for a week. I'm like, oh, I hope, so. I hope it's only a week because I gotta get this baby cut.
0: <laughs> um, so you mentioned, so Metalcraft has been in business for 75 years, correct? 70 years, 70 years. Yeah, we're gonna be 70 years old in November. Is there any folklore in your company about how you guys have handled previous crises, um, and has that been any guiding force today?
1: Absolutely, we've we had um, we've had great leadership at Metalcraft since the beginning. Uh, you know, you have to to be seventy years old. The flood of '08 uh, really struck hard at uh, at Metalcraft. We were in a low lying area in our previous facility. We have since moved, so we're we're out of that floodplain. But you know, we had a hundred year flood and um, put the. The first floor of the building you know eight foot underwater, and uh you know took a lot of a lot of inventory out. we were pulling they were i wasn't involved at the time I was in college, but they were pulling equipment out um as fast as they could, and like i said uh already you know they had the one of the lines up and running the next day so yeah that that's really done it, and then right after you know the flood of o eight becomes the the financial crisis as well. So, you know, driving us through that, um, we, we actually, are, our current uh, CEO was the president at the time, and, and he was able to really give direction to the company at that time. And, and I'm really grateful that he's uh, involved and in doing the same thing now.
0: Do you, how do you feel you guys are adapting your sales and marketing um, organization? I mean, I know you're not the VP of sales, but um, you must be having a little bit of insight. What are some kind of tactics and strategies you guys have shifted to um, in in the last few weeks as travel has basically been shut down?
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Our our VP of sales has done a really good job of, of getting his team in line and having them put together individual strategies for their separate territories uh knowing that they will not are not traveling they're not door to door with customers so how are we going to sustain and continue to get that business um, we've looked at uh products that we currently haven't gone after or projects that we currently haven't gone after uh you know to just keep the machines running you know as they would say um and that's that's you know uh, been beneficial as well from a marketing standpoint our marketing team has—they've done more marketing blasts on different topics than uh, in the last two weeks than we have probably in the last two months. So it's been—it's been very good there, uh, just targeting different industries that you know could potentially be affected or that we could potentially help uh, move past this. You know, with with remote work, um, a lot of IT assets flying around going to people's homes uh we we do a lot of tagging of it assets and we also with a a new business we started a couple years ago we also have a software uh platform that can help people tag those assets so you know we've done a lot of a lot of pushes on that uh and and seen some good results too so
0: fantastic um i want to i want to go back to inventory for a minute Mm -hmm. um i I think that one of the areas in this country that has been deeply exposed is potentially the the supply chain risk that we have all over the place. Um, Absolutely. You know, yep. Since the '80s, you know, I, I don't know what portion of manufacturing in total kind of moved to offshore, but. You know, we are, and it does not seem to be like multi-source inventory uh, systems are actually that common these days uh, to begin with. It seems like there's usually one kind of major source. And, you know, are you guys, how are you guys reevaluating your inventory and your supply chain? It seemed like you made a good move then, but how are you going to, how are you going to change your thinking on that moving forward?
1: You know yeah we are for sure we, we we the fortunate thing with this is we did this exercise about a year ago, and we identified a second source for pretty much every product that we have. now, the problem was we identified those, but we never switched and and bought you know from the other source as much as we were buying from the original source, right? You never do right. um, but we at least had them identified and and through this process and through this, you know, the virus, we've had to rely on that second source, which has been, you know, I will call a challenge just because you know now you're telling customers, hey, this is not the exact same product that you just ordered. Here's the modification. Here's the change notice. Uh, and, and, you know, we've had to do that. Uh, and I think, you know, what we did, why we didn't do it in the first place is because we didn't want to have to do that, as opposed to specking that type of thing in it, at the onset of the projects.
0: Yeah. Well, are you guys um, in most of your kind of suppliers are uh, over in China or are, are you also working on identifying suppliers in the States?
1: Yeah. So we only have one real product line that's dependent on China. Uh, and that's our that's our RFID line. Otherwise, we're in good shape from a made-in-the-USA standpoint. There's not a lot of RFID inlays that are made in China. We have, there are some in Mexico. Uh, we do have manufacturers in the U.S. And, and we've been working with them as well. Um, and, and we have worked with them in the past, but we're working with them more now um, because of what's going on and what has transpired.
0: So if you had the you know, the, the kind of the the glass looking into the future, how do you think ultimately this is gonna change your guys' uh, company? Um, and what kind of creativity are you already seeing or new product lines that are getting dreamt up? Or you guys, you know, a, a lot of time uh, uh, need is the, or, or uh, necessity is the something of invention. That's right, <laughs> yeah. that's right,
1: yeah. y- you know, the, with us i don't i don't necessarily know if it's going to be a new product line but what i really like and what i've seen the team you know doing is how responsive we've proven that we can be uh, the adaptability that everyone's had and obviously it's easier when there's something like this going on too right but just how quick they've adapted to you know working at home or any of the changes that we've made based on the virus i mean just just They've been fast. They've been, they've been accepting and, and, you know, in December we, we switched over ERP systems. Right. And that's not like necessarily fast or accepting, <laughs> and we, you know, we've proven that, w- that we can do that. Uh, and I think, you know, one of the things that everyone's going to get out of this is, Hey, we can work remotely, right. Pretty effectively. And in some cases more effectively than we were. So I think that'll be, um, you know, something we take out of this as well, but, you know, just the camaraderie of the team and, you know, anytime there's a crisis like this, you see that a lot in, in teams, uh, especially really good teams, uh, you know, how they rally around one another. And, and I think that's, you know, that's good in the short term. And then it obviously, you got to keep it sustained, but, uh, that'll help us in a couple, that'll help us for a couple of years.
0: So I I really love to ask this question. And the the question is, is what have you changed your thinking on in the last few years? And I I feel like it's a lot less appropriate now because I feel like everyone's changed their thinking on almost everything in the last few weeks or days. Um, But if there is something that stands out, I would love to hear it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean the the question of the last few years I've put a lot more focus on the the you know the human to human interaction and the members and and you know what they mean to me and what I need to mean to them and and that's really been but you know right now in the situation we're in and this is you know recency bias but right now it's it's changing my my thinking's changing every hour, two hours because of the information that comes in. And and I think that's a positive, too, because we need to be able to re, be able to respond like that right now in, in this type of circumstance. So, yeah, from a long term standpoint, it's definitely the people from a short term standpoint. You know, it's the reliance on the team. It's uh, how adaptable they are, things like that.
0: So if you had a few minutes with your frontline folks, uh, or, or, or in another company as well, Mm -hmm. you had some pieces of advice, um, as you know, they're, uh, moving through, you know, this crisis, um, you know, your frontline folks, your managers and your executive leadership, if you could give each of those kind of groups, um, a piece of solid advice, what would you, what would you tell them
1: for, for this situation?
0: I, I, You're saying yes, right. or in, the, or I mean, it's it's just too fresh not to go there, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah. uh or, or, or crises like this in general. <laughs> I
1: I mean, the, with crises like this, it's you have to have an open mind, you have to be able to adapt quickly, and you have to know that you have to make the best decision with the amount of information that you have currently. And I've had to tell I've had to tell some of my leader managers that you know, in the past couple of days, things are changing so fast, we can only make the decisions based off of the information that we have, right? If, if things change to a degree that we need to change our decision, we will do that at the point when we have that data. And that's, that's I guess, in this circumstance, probably the best advice I could give.
0: How are you guys, uh, mechanically, how are you guys um, creating that information flow? Are you guys doing daily stand-ups? Uh, how often are you checking? What's the actual mechanics look like um, and, and tempos in your company?
1: Yeah, we've done a lot of new things just because of this, right? I mean, we have uh, our business continuity team meeting every day, right? Uh, we're having leadership meetings that are likely every other day. You know, sometimes they're two days, two, two per day. We've implemented Microsoft Teams, you know, or like a Slack type channel. Where, because we know people are are going so crazy right now. I mean, working on so many different things right now. You could leave a message and wait for that response, and it doesn't have to be email. So, I mean, we're doing all sorts of new things uh, to try to try to get us through
0: this. I, I I don't know about you, but man, I feel like we and my team and the entire company. I mean, it's like the productivity has just gotten amped up. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean everyone is just it feels like everyone is just doing the best that they can right now. Um and and it's exciting and I mean we, we use Slack and I don't know how we would have done this but before without Slack. <laughs> yeah.
1: Have you guys been using it for a while?
0: Uh we so funny story there. I I found out about Slack years ago like it must have I must have I must have found out about it like uh, maybe a year after it launched, or something like, mm-hmm. it, like it was pretty fresh. And I just could never really get the company to adapt to it. Um, and then when we did an acquisition, our CTO and one of my kind of one of my direct reports uh, was—they were just like, "We got to use something." I was like, "Well, I tried Slack. No one really wanted to." They're like, "Oh, we'll 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 use Slack." And then it kind of did this uh, this groundswell that I had nothing to do with, you know. Yeah. Um and now everyone uses it and loves it. I'm like, well, people we used it <laughs> 5 years ago. So. <laughs> but no, we we started using it like pretty much in earnest I think about 2 years ago. Okay. Maybe, maybe yeah, but it's been um uh the communication. I mean, we we track like how our, you know, kind of the Grace family feels about our communication. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from the team and everything. We do like this this kind of yearly report thing, and uh, definitely those scores have dramatically improved since we've done uh, integrate Slack. Oh, that's great! Yeah, yeah. And, and Teams. I think it's great as well. Um, but yeah,
1: I, I like I like them both. I, I use Slack for a couple of uh, organizations that I'm a part of. And, you know, they have their own channels, and yeah, Slack is Slack is good. Uh, I think our our C, uh, CIO just went with Teams because it was there and available and Yeah, we had some, some separate uh, groups using it. So we just went with that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, what would you like to ask uh, from, if you could ask the listeners for one thing, what would you ask for at this point?
1: Well, you know, from a, from a short-term standpoint, I, you know, I would ask them about how they're responding. Right. Because everyone, you know, everyone has, they have to handle this differently and and everyone has different aspects of their business and how um you know they're going to handle this this pandemic right uh and how they are handling it so in the short term i guess i would ask them that question uh, mm. in the long term i'm i'm more focused on you know how they improve themselves on a daily basis right i li- i like personal development so
0: what, what what do you do for your personal development
1: i do a lot of reading i do, do a lot of self-reflection those are those are my my two i i, I try to have a mentor throughout throughout the year uh, i haven't gone as far as you know like a paid coach but I, i've been evaluating it and then i'm part of a couple associations that that give you that type of of you know, you know uh, front end i would say
0: so Tell me a little bit more about the self-reflection. What, what what does that practice look like for you?
1: Sure. I mean, just trying to understand, you know, how my how my actions come off and everyone has, you know, an understanding of what they what they perceive, right? In the in while something's happening, but if you if you can really do self-reflection after the flat, after the fact and, and say like, okay, well what did that person really think i was saying or how why did they respond how they did because of some action or another or it doesn't even have to be you know just about you but in a group setting or what it may whatever it may be but you know i try to use that uh as a tool to say how would i handle it differently or should have i maybe i did a great job maybe i didn't but um what could I have done differently to make that situation even better or to make that employee, you know, or that member, you know, think even more of themselves or, you know, that's, that's the type of personal reflection I'm talking about.
0: Fantastic. Well, I think we're all going through a lot of personal reflection right now. So <laughs>
1: that's right. We need
0: to be right. Yeah. The, 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 the fire is definitely purifying a lot of things. So uh. <laughs> yeah. No, well, hey, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I wish you guys the best. And uh, I hope all your employees are healthy and safe uh, as we get through this crazy, crazy thing.
1: Yeah, Drew, I appreciate the time too. And, and, and likewise with your company and organization and, and your employees as well. You guys got to stay safe and uh, I wish you guys the best.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm Drew Allen. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.